you're listening to The Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Let's talk about flower school, formal, floral qualifications, credentials, whatever you want to call it. That piece of paper that we all think is going to make us feel more confident. <laughs> whatever y'all want to call that. In different countries, we refer to it as different things. And in every country around the world, there's different training programs, different structures, different formal, informal, structured, not structured flower schools. Basically, I wanted to do a podcast episode that talked through my thoughts and gave my point of view in terms of should I go to flower school or should I not go to flower school. And here's the thing. As a floral designer, I think it's incredibly important that there is a level and a standard and a quality that is consistently delivered across this industry. I think it's to our industry's advantage if we can keep a level, a standard of professionalism and a glimpse of magic in our work. But at the same time, the truth is, this is an unregulated industry. That means that anyone can hang out a sign and call themselves a florist. And they don't actually need a piece of paper to qualify or to be able to participate in this game of flowering. That makes it a different kind of industry than something like accounting or architecture or lawyering or even the dentist and the doctor right? We go into the doctor's office or we go into the dentist and we see all of their diplomas, all of their certifications, all of their pieces of paper hanging up on the wall to prove to us that they know what they're doing. But the truth is, as a floral designer, we don't have to have those pieces of paper. I will say, I am so grateful that the past version of me made the decision to go get my formal certification. There are some very fundamental, basic mechanics, how-tos, and floristry principles that I learned so early on that have literally stuck with me forever. And I'm not even talking about flower care, flower names, or even some of the like fundamentals of wiring or arranging or hand-tied bouquets. It's like there are some amazing insights that I gleaned from my teachers I can still hear their voice in my head. I can still hear those like little sound bites, those little nuggets that are like, oh yeah, that have forever paid off for me in my business. But the other thing I know is I am always learning. I am always learning more about flower care, about the way other designers do things, about how other designers even think. How do they even think about approaching this kind of project? Or how do they even think about pushing the boundaries of that kind of mechanic? Or how do they even think 
about exposing themselves to different kinds of ingredients and playing around and trying new things. And the most important principle, I think, for all of us to follow is that there is a craft and a skill and a discipline to be practiced to call yourself a professional florist. And I think that's the difference between somebody who might like going out into the garden or going to the grocery store or picking up a few stems of flowers and playing around and creating an arrangement for pure joy and satisfaction versus those of us who call ourselves professional floral designers. I kind of like to think of it like there's an unwritten code. I don't know. I mean, I don't necessarily know all of the details of like Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I live in a house where, you know, Sloan's like, yeah, hands down, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, you know, he was born at exactly the right time. So those trilogies are like ingrained in his brain. And this idea of like, I've watched those movies enough times to kind of understand the premise of it. But the other thought I was thinking is like, it could be like Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, or maybe it's like the Da Vinci Code. I can't even remember what that thing was called. (laughs) Or possibly like the unwritten code that was in Robin Williams and Dead Poet Society. Or maybe it's like Harry Potter. Pick whichever one feels most relevant to you. But there is this unwritten expectation, this kind of code of conduct in terms of the rules to follow as a floral designer. And when it comes to the actual trade, the profession of being a floral designer, I think having a benchmark to adhere to, having a standard and having a quality is incredibly important in our industry. The challenge being there's no regulation. So like anybody's mom could just decide that they're going to call themselves a floral designer and nobody can stop them. There's no board certification. There's no exam to follow. There's no yearly kind of check-in to make sure you're still up to date with whatever it could be. (laughs) And this is the thing. I know for me, one of the biggest lessons I took away from my formal training, and this is truly, it wasn't like we were quizzed on this. This was just the ethos of what we were taught. But the biggest lesson for me was that our work needs to look like magic. So we need to go out of our way to cover our mechanics, to wow our customers, and yes, really enjoy and indulge in the mechanics to be able to create the overall impression that we want to create, and then go out of our way to make sure that it just looks like magic. And that's the thing for me is really understanding like our job as professional floral designers is to adhere and create a standard of delivery to make this craft look like magic. So I thought it would be super helpful to pass along the five things, right? If I am, how many years ago did I start my formal training? Eight years, I think, if I could do the math correctly. It was only eight years ago. But I also know I am a designer who has invested a huge amount of time, energy, and money in learning the craft of floral design. So I know for me, like what I've learned in eight years is often what other designers will have taken 15 or 20 years to learn because I'm a human being who loves learning. Like if I could spend my time doing anything, it would be learning. It would be 
understanding and deconstructing other people's designs and looking at their choice of ingredients and understanding more about seasonality and understanding more about wholesale supply and the challenges that the growers are facing and all of the intricacies and layers and details that impact so much of our work. And it's so fascinating to me. And this idea of whether or not you decide to go get your formal certification, qualifications, or credentials, no matter what you decide to do, know that your learning never ends. Whether you decide to go get your formal qualifications or not is just the beginning. And even if you've been in business, you've been a designer for a long period of time, you can go back, right? You can always decide you're going to continue to invest in your education, continue to invest in your learning, continue to learn from others, whether that's through paid teaching and paid training or through your own kind of intensive study process that you create in terms of following people on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, in terms of going to casual workshops, structured workshops, business workshops, design workshops. Like there's so many layers and intricacies that we can continue to learn from. The most important thing is that your learning never ends. And that is true regardless of whether you pursue formal structured classes or not. But this idea of like taking an oath of continually investing and learning and making time to try out new ideas. I really remember so vividly, I went to a Holly Chapel workshop six or seven years ago. And I remember at that moment in time, like I can just see her standing there and she was explaining her thinking behind this new mechanic that she wanted to try out. And this is Holly Chapel who's been a designer for decades, decades. And even then, when I was learning from her, like 40 years into her career, and she's still experimenting. She's still pushing the boundary. She's still thinking, if I took that idea from here and this thing over here, and then I tried this thing on, what would happen if I then added this ingredient over here? And pushing herself and trying out new ideas and still holding in the highest regard the magic of the craft of floral design. And I love going back to that experience and thinking, yeah, so she's been a designer for decades and she's still investing in her own learning. And I think that's an incredible example to follow and to know that no matter how long you've been in business for, you still get to keep learning. And it's still part of our job and it's still part of what we get to offer our clientele. Because yes, like everything is changing so quickly from a technology point of view, but I also look too at even from a grower's perspective, right? The science and the genealogy that's going into optimizing some of the varieties and ingredients that are coming out. It's like, there's still so much to be learned and tried out and tested in terms of just the ingredients that we could continually have access to. And I love this idea of committing, right? Continually committing to learning, to investing in your own education and to always be feeding yourself new ideas and new inspiration. So that's number one. Rule number one, my friends, is learning to appreciate the fact that your learning is never going to end. Whether you decide to sign up for a formal credential or not is just the beginning. Second guideline that I love to follow is that your learning can take on a multitude of forms. And one of the things I'm really grateful that I started doing early on in my design career was the concept of intentional practice. 
And I came up with that name because for me, it felt like standing at the workbench and making shitty designs, <laughs> which is what they are most of the time, is a really great experience for my brain to be like, look, see, you're not good enough. You should just stop now. That's where my brain wants to go. But when I came up with that framework of, okay, I'm going to carve out half an hour, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, whatever amount of time you want to decide, I'm going to set an intention for my practice. And then I'm going to take those few minutes to reflect. So if you're new to this podcast and you've never heard of Kathleen's intentional practice experience, here's the very short version. You grab a pen and a piece of paper. And at the top of the piece of paper, you write down your intention for the practice. So it might be, I want to learn how to design with this specific ingredient, or I want to figure out how many ingredients I need for that kind of container, or I want to see if I can make this ingredient look good with that color palette. You set one intention. Then you go through your practice. You allow it to be shitty. You allow it to not be perfect because this is just about learning. And then you ask yourself, and I highly recommend that you actually do document this, but you say, what are three things that went well? And what are three things that I learned from this experience? And I know for me, that one practice, that one framework is one of the reasons I have become such a better designer in such a short period of time is simply around the intention of it. So that's one avenue, right? Is you can create for yourself kind of a self-study experience and set yourself up with an intentional practice session and do it on the regular, right? I used to do this once a week. Now it's becoming a little bit less often, but this idea of setting it up and almost taking yourself to school or setting yourself up in a class of one person. That's one way that you can go about your learning. Another way, and one of the greatest things that's come out of the last couple of years is how much more education and training is available to us in the online space. And this is one of the things that I absolutely love about the last couple of years is that some of our favorite designers have finally taken the plunge and put together online courses. But at the same time, there's so many other options in terms of online education that are beyond just floristry specific mechanics. Because that's one of the things I think I see quite often within our industry is this idea that if I go get my floral certification, that that's everything that I need to know. Check the box, I am done. But the goal in my understanding with some of these floral certifications is really about giving you the skills to go get a job to work for another designer. So if you have the goal or the vision of running your own business, there is so much more to learn than just what they might teach you at a formal qualification. So it's like one little slice of the pie and then understanding that it's just the tip of the iceberg. And that's why I love so much of what's coming out of this industry in terms of online courses. So you can learn some design mechanics, some guiding principles from some of your favorite designers. And the beautiful thing is you can learn from these people even if you're on the other side of the world. Like that is so much fun. You can learn about growing, you can learn about making bouquets, you can learn about foam-free archways and installations, you can learn about table arrangements, you can learn about table runners. Like there's so much great teaching and education out there, which is so awesome because then you can learn all these shortcuts and these tidbits and understand how some of your favorite designers are thinking, which is kind of the whole point. The other thing as well is thinking beyond just traditional florists in terms of education. 
because there's the whole world of color theory. There's everything in terms of flower availability, flower care, flower growing, design principles, and just so many layers to understand and appreciate that you can take your learning in so many different spaces. So the whole online environment is probably personally like one of my favorites. The third place, and this might feel a little bit unexpected, but the idea of actually freelancing for somebody that you've never freelanced for before. And it's so helpful to see the inside, kind of get the inside scoop in terms of how other business owners are running their business and how they set up their systems, how they set up their processes so that you can just learn firsthand how things might happen. And the best part is you don't have to take any of those things and apply them in your own business. Just being able to have exposure to see how other people do things is so helpful because then you also get to decide for yourself, huh, is this something that I want to do in my own business? Or maybe if I take that idea from here and do like Holly Chapel does, right? I'm going to take this idea from here and that idea from here and I'm going to bring them together and then make my own thing. Like it's so fun that we can use all of our creativity in so many different ways. So the third way that I love learning is freelancing for other floral designers. Number four, and this is super unexpected, but I will say for me, it's one of my favorite kind of things to do because it's super easy and it's super accessible. But if you know of, or if you admire designers in your city, in your area, in your state, in your country, wherever, they might be like relatively close to you physically. But this idea of if any of them ever put on more casual, informal design classes I love going to them because my flower friends who have been designers for like 15, 20 years, I look at what they do and I look at how they approach their work. And I'm like, you have no idea what kind of magic is in that brain of yours. Do you? <laughs> like, it's so innate. It's so ingrained in them. It's literally like if they were writing words on a page, them and design and just the information that they know is just so intuitive because it's so well-practiced. And I love being with them because it's like, I have so much to learn. <laughs> and it's so fun. So I love signing up to more of those like casual, we might consider them like for newbie designers, like somebody might sign up for a table arrangement course because they're just trying to test the waters to see if they're even interested in design. But I love having that like low point of entry, that low cost of entry to have access to that level of expertise and just being able to watch them do what they do. I still, I still find it absolutely magical. So if there is a flower school in your area, if there is a florist who puts on kind of a Saturday afternoon, what would they even call it? Like sip and flowers. <laughs> it's not an awful name. Don't call it that. But like the notion of like have a glass of wine and play with some flowers and just to be able to have that casual interaction with florists who have been designers for decades to me. It's so fun because when we come in as designers with some level of experience, there's some basics that we all know, but then your brain starts to attune to more of the details in terms of how does that designer think about constructing their arrangement? What's their process? How did they go about choosing their ingredients? And in so many cases, like when you're in that environment, you're surrounded by total newbie florists, 
which is fine because they're super intimidated and they're super concentrated on what you're doing. But then you also have access to this instructor that you could ask any question to. And it's so fun. So that's definitely something I absolutely recommend. Number five, in terms of how your learning could take another avenue is sign up for a one-on-one intensive. Sign up for a hands-on design full day extravaganza with somebody whose work you really admire. And 100%, this is one of the things I wish I had done differently in terms of evaluating who I learned from, but it totally links into that fundamental misunderstanding that I had early on in my floral career was that when you own the business, you get to define your aesthetic and your design. So one of the things I did was I invested a huge amount of money in learning from so many different designers, but even designers whose design aesthetic, I don't necessarily even connect with. And if I could go back and share one lesson from that experience is I will tell you to pay the money to go learn from the designers whose work you love. If the price point scares you, it makes it even better because you will prepare yourself so much for your experience with them. You will really sit down and think ahead of time, how do I want to show up with this session? What are the questions I want to ask them? What do I want to get out of this? Particularly when that price point is juicy, my friends. So this idea of making sure you prioritize learning from designers whose philosophy or design aesthetic you really align with, not learning from designers just because they have a lot of Instagram followers or learning from designers because you see other people learning from them and you think that you should. Those two thoughts were thoughts that I had. And if I could go back and change my approach, I absolutely would prioritize investing in and learning from designers whose design aesthetic I absolutely love. Because when you learn from designers whose work you love, then you can go in with way more questions, right? And you can think about all of your questions from the very beginning to the end in terms of how do they plan their ingredients? How do they plan their color palettes? What's their thought process in terms of the actual design construction? How do they get this impact? What are their thoughts about how different colors play together? What are their thoughts about anything, right? Your questions can become so much more specific so that you can pull all of these tidbits out of their brain. And it's so helpful. So absolutely, I will tell you signing up for one-on-one intensives with designers whose work you love so that you can go in and really tease out all of those nuggets is always worth it. Number six, and this is probably one of the most common, is designers signing up for those multi-day workshops and that kind of true classic workshop experience where you all come together for a few days and you share this whole experience and you connect and you become a little mini little flower family and it's fucking incredible and it's so awesome and it's truly magical. But knowing that investing in those traditional workshop experiences could be something that you actually do year upon year upon year. Your learning doesn't have to end just because you've been in business for five years or 10 years or 20 years. I love this idea of actually taking a portion of your profit every single year and giving yourself permission to pay the big budget prices, pay the big ticket items, because it all becomes a business expense, which is what is so fun, including your flights and your accommodation and all of your travel expenses and the workshop itself. It's so amazing, my friends. It's so amazing. So that is number six. And then number seven is more formal training, education, and certifications. 
So this is the thing, is that your formal qualifications and credentials are just one way to learn. You can be investing your own time and energy in your own intentional practice experiences every single week. You can be taking online courses. You can be freelancing for other designers. You can sign up for design classes that local florists are putting on. You can sign up for one-on-one intensives. You can sign up for multi-day workshops and you can sign up for more formal training, qualification, and education. These things are not mutually exclusive. This is like the ultimate in abundance, the ultimate in the yes and principle. And all of these, all seven of these have been part of my learning curriculum and they will forever be part of my learning curriculum. It's one of the things I love about this whole experience is that I will always be investing in myself. I will always be investing in my learning. I will always be on the lookout for learning more ideas and more tips from other designers. The third most important thing for all of us to know, and this is what I wished I had known (laughs) in the beginning. I signed up and I went to flower school because I thought that's how you had to go in order to open a business. I also thought if I had that piece of paper, if I had that piece of paper that says you are a certified florist, I would automatically feel more confident. But here's the truth. I have heard from so many of you with so many different backgrounds, right? So much training. You might have a flower shop. You might not have a flower shop. You might be a designer for like 15 years. You might be in your first year of business. You might have a beautiful retail space that you're planning to open, or you might just be thinking, I don't want anything to do with a retail space. I'm going to operate everything online. And I've heard from so many of you with different backgrounds, different training. And I'll tell you what, you can have all of the training. You can have all of the credentials. You could have spent $50,000 on workshops. You could have all of the pieces of paper and you can still be filled with doubt and hesitation and feel like a major imposter. Because at the end of the day, it's never the piece of paper that gives you the confidence. Your confidence is an inside job. It's not something that is given to you. It is not something that is a byproduct of having the right credentials or having been to the right workshop. Your thinking, your perspective, and your mindset are what create confidence in you. So it's not that piece of paper that's hanging up on the wall in the doctor's office that gives him the confidence. It's his perspective on his own ability, on his ability to solve problems and on his ability to come to solutions and to help the patient through whatever's happening that is creating the confidence. So it's the same thing for us, right? It's not about how many Instagram followers you have. It's not about who you went and did a one-on-one workshop with or who you've done multi-day workshops with or whether you went to flower school or not that creates confidence. Your confidence comes from your own ability to figure things out and your own faith in your own ability to figure things out. So that is guiding principle number three, my friends. If you feel like a total imposter and you think going to somebody's workshop is automatically going to make you feel more confident, it's not. You're going to learn a crap ton, my friends. You're going to learn so much about how those other designers do things, which will give you more skills and more tools. But if you still walk around telling yourself, I don't know what I'm doing, (laughs) (laughs) If you still walk around telling yourself 
somebody's going to call me out, you're never going to feel confident. So it is everything to do with that internal narrative, has everything to do with the stories that we tell ourselves about our own ability to figure things out. Number four, in terms of my five guiding principles around whether or not formal qualifications are the right solution for you. No matter what you decide, I want you to continue to be committed to learning and experimenting for the rest of your floral career. One of the the things I've been doing over on YouTube in the last couple of weeks is going back and questioning my own assumptions about my design preferences. And I know this sounds a little bit crazy because I am, if Kathleen has her way, I'm going to be like, probably no green foliage. Thanks so much. But it's been a long time since I've questioned that assumption. I've been like, do I still like my own decision around probably not green foliage? So I decided for one of my intentional practice sessions that I was going to go back and revisit, would I want to ever play around with the white and green color palette again? And part of it is, if you've done 500 weddings, (laughs) you will have done a fair share of white and green. I finally hit the wall where I was like, yeah, I've done that enough. I'm okay not doing another white and green wedding. So it's been a long time since I've played with that color palette that I wanted to go back and ask myself just from a pure creative intentional practice experience, do I still feel as adamant as I feel? And the answer is yes. (laughs) I'm okay to let green foliage go to somebody else because if I have my way, then I am going to stick to a much more monochromatic color palette. And one of the lessons I learned from Katie Davis is that green is a color. (laughs) And I know that sounds so simple. It's like, oh yeah. And this idea of deciding for ourselves, do I want green to be a color within my designs all the time? You're allowed to say yes. Or do I want to move away from green for the time being? Because you can always come back and revisit it later. And I am still in the camp of I am happy to move away from green for a while. And I did that through my intentional practice session and this idea of understanding if Kathleen gets to be the creative director in her business, which is what happens when you own the business, yes, I will still opt for no greenery, but I still will go back and question my own assumptions and question my own beliefs and forever give myself permission to change my mind. So if you've ever see, if you ever all of a sudden are like, Why is Kathleen all of a sudden playing with green foliage? A, she's either changed her mind. B, she's experimenting. C, she's learning. And D, it's her own business. She can do what she wants. (laughs) And you can do exactly the same thing in your business, which is what is so incredibly fun. You get to be so selfish, like so selfish. And when you learn how straightforward the sales process can be as a floral designer, when you learn that system, all of a sudden you'll realize just how selfish you can be because one of the greatest challenges in our industry is that our customers know so little about what we do, how this whole thing works, about flower availability, about what their money will get them. Like their level of understanding is so minuscule. But in addition to that causing some frustration, I will also tell you it is the greatest sales opportunity that you could ever possibly imagine. That idea of our customers not knowing very much makes it so easy, so easy to win their trust and to sell in your preferred design aesthetic. And once you learn that like shortcut in terms of 
the set menu, in terms of clean selling, in terms of bridging the gap, in terms of really understanding how the sales process can work as a floral designer, all of a sudden you'll see that you can change your mind in terms of your design aesthetic anytime you want to, because then you just pivot and adjust your marketing to align with what you want to be selling. And it's so powerful because this is like the ultimate in how to run an empowered business. So you can sit down now and decide this is the kind of design aesthetic I want to figure out how to present to the world. Then you can go out in all of those different avenues, right? You can go pay for online courses and credentials and workshop experiences and casual design classes and your own intentional practice, right? You can take all of these different avenues for learning so that you can become the master of your design aesthetic. And it's so powerful, like the ultimate in running an empowered business. So Guiding principle number four is I want you to commit to always learning and always experimenting because it's so fun to think about you pushing your own creativity and your own boundaries and you coming up with a totally new way to do things that totally fits you and totally fits your mechanics, your aesthetic and your preferences. The fifth thing to know is that learning flower care and learning mechanics is just one piece of the puzzle. This is one slice of the trivial pursuit pie. When I went back and think back to my formal certification, because <laughs> they were pretty sarcastic, which is part of the reason I love them, but like I can just see them rolling their eyes right now, right? When they hear everybody come into class and talking about Instagram followers and the work that they're doing for somebody, <laughs> partly because they're just so cynical, like so cynical. But how many florists like sign up for formal certification and formal training, start their Instagram feed and then think, oh yeah, great. Okay. Now I've got a business. And I will tell you guys, like particularly in Australia, the process of starting an actual business in Australia is so incredibly straightforward. You go onto a website and you enter in some information and shazam, it's done. (laughs) That's it. That makes you a business owner, which is part of the challenge because it's such an identity shift and it requires such a shift in our own thinking. But this cynicism that I can see like our floristry teachers kind of coming to the table with is like, I find it very entertaining because I totally appreciate and understand their frustration. And I totally love them for it. Because if I was in the classroom, I would totally be like making secret eye signals at like, oh, look at these poor people have no idea. They have no idea what it takes to run a business. (laughs) So here's the thing. I do find it very entertaining but I also know it can be incredibly frustrating. But this idea of really understanding, like learning the things that you will learn at formal floristry certification. Very first thing I remember my teacher saying on day one, she might've been talking about occupational health and safety first in terms of like, here's the fire escape. But I wonder, I think even possibly before that, she said, this is not a business course. Literally on day one, that's what they talked about. But the assumption is, and so many florists go into formal qualifications and training and education thinking, okay, great, this is all I need to do and then my business will be successful. But it's the exact opposite. And this idea of understanding that learning the mechanics, learning the traditions of floral design is just one piece of the puzzle because there's so much for us to be learning about flower care, about seasonal availability, because there's also so many nuances depending on where you live right? And depending on the weather that you have to kind of fight with, depending on the conditions that you actually care for your ingredients, depending on the different growers that you work with, like there's so many details and nuances, which is 
I find so fun because the learning is never going to end. And that's just from the floristry point of view, because there's also then the skill set around customer service, marketing strategies, becoming really good at sales, money management, operations, tech, inventory, systems, hiring, leadership, team building, as well as your CEO mindset. So there's so many different pieces of the puzzle in addition to your formal qualifications and certifications. So the biggest mistake I think we can all kind of talk ourselves out of making is thinking, if I go get my formal qualifications and certifications, that that's enough for me to be successful in terms of running a business. It's solving a very specific problem and it's giving you very specific skills and it's just the beginning of your learning. So that's one thing, and that is like the ultimate thing in terms of what I wish I had known. And when you make the decision as to should you go to formal qualifications or certifications, the decision is 100% up to you. But the most important thing is that your learning never ends. You don't ever stop investing in yourself, whether that's time, whether that's money, whether that's your energy and your creativity. Don't ever stop investing in your own growth and know that there are so many ways that you can continue to learn and grow and that formal qualifications and formal training are just one avenue. It's just one path to go down because at the end of the day, this is an unregulated industry. I do think, and I think very strongly that in order to call yourself a professional florist, you do need to have a level and a standard. And that standard is simply measured by, am I making this work look like magic to my customers? That's the only requirement. Am I making this work look like magic to my customers? Yes or no. There's so much learning that we can do in terms of mechanics and ingredients and design and all the intricacies of the actual flower care and longevity and containers and construction and so many nuances that will forever keep us kind of on our toes and always learning and thinking about new things. And then you could combine that person's idea with this thing that you saw over here and come up with your own mechanic and your own solutions. But remember, whether you go to floral school, whether you have credentials or not, is just the beginning of your education. It's just the tip of the iceberg my friends, like you're just at the beginning of your learning and your education. And that is what is so fun because we are human beings who are programmed for growth, right? That is what we do. We wake up every day and we want to do better, make more, show up in a bigger way, become a better version of ourselves. That is literally the whole point of the human experience. It's like evolution happens one human at a time. So I'm a huge fan of always investing in your learning and your education, whatever way suits you best. And just know that there is no right or wrong and you get to make whatever decisions are right for you. Okay, my friends, I hope that that's been a helpful perspective in terms of understanding all the different ways that you can learn and grow and share. And as always, my friends, please take care of yourselves, drive safely, Drink your water, eat your vegetables, get some sleep, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now.